Welcome to Three and Out, the West Texas Football Podcast. I'm Gary Gray. I'm here with David McReynolds. Dustin Pierce is out, so we are sitting with the ever-capable former footballer at Midland Lee and the Air Force Academy, Jacoby Kendrick. Jacoby, welcome. He'll offer us a, a unique perspective, uh, having played some college ball and and had a little uh, interest in some professional ball, and we'll hear about that later. So. We're going to do as normal. We're going to talk about local football, Midland High, Midland Lee, because that's who we broadcast for. We'll talk about the other local teams, some District 26A stuff, the Big 12. Don't forget, we also have a college team here, UTPB, the Falcons. Then we'll go to A&M, do our three and out. So we hope you enjoy it. Here we go. David, Midland High gets their first win. It's a big one. They stay in playoff contention. We go up to friendship. They win 21-7. to this week, they uh, start sort of the, I, I would say. The gauntlet? The, yeah, the gauntlet, because it is uh, Permian, then off, then Tascosa, then Central. So Yeah, I think um, it's great to see Midland High with a win. I think that the, the road ahead for them is going to be incredibly tough. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch that Tascosa game, but they've got to get through a Permian team this week. And once you get to district, and I think Permian's probably going to dial things up a notch, and uh, they're going to be pretty serious to deal with this week. Uh, I hate to not be optimistic, but I'm not optimistic. Well, and as Coach Janiskevich <laughs> said, hey, we're not going to be favored in any of these games. We're going to have to pull off an upset and still beat Odessa High to have three wins and maybe get that fourth spot. And you know you want to hope for that for Midland High. You want to, But I'm, I don't see a lot of tools in place for them to make an upset happen as much as I want to see that. You know, all three of my kids went through Midland High. We, we were purple in my home. But, um, you know, usually you can see upset. You can see a team having the tools and the mm-hmm. capability to maybe pull that off. I'm, I'm, I hope that I'm proven wrong, but I just don't see it happening. For you know, the High. fortunate thing for Midland High is they do get two of those games at home. They have to travel to Tascosa, but they get Permian and San Angelo here. Uh, last week, D.Q. Harris, 20 rushes, 218 yards, had sort of his – I would call it his breakout game. And sure. then uh, Midland High, after giving up 422 rushing yards to Lee the week before, held friendship to 40 yards on 23 carries. And this was a friendship team that had only had 147 yards of rushing in the previous four, four games. games. So, so. Um, it's not like they were playing a powerhouse offense. Yes. Um, so it's like take your victories and enjoy basking in that. It, it did allow them to have some really great game numbers for that game, but uh, the foe was not. Uh, well, weak, absolutely yeah. the weakest weakest yeah. opponent in yeah. district. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Jacoby, you had the opportunity to call the Lee game with Dustin. Tell us about that experience. It was absolutely awesome. So it, had, it was the Battle of the Rebels, so the Tascosa Rebels, the right. Midland Lee Rebels, and Lee came out on top. I mean, this was a this was like a heavyweight fight the whole way through. You know, I mean, uh, the Rebels' offense they were the Lee offense they were taking on um, a formidable defense, very tough. When we were down on the field, Tascosa's got some really good kids that they got some really good athletes on their team, and it was the battle of the undefeateds. So you know, you come into district play, both teams are undefeated. Lee's got another game next week against Central. They're undefeated as well, which we all know. Central's the powerhouse that they are, but it was an absolute great game uh, coming, you know, getting to watch this. And, you know, the Russian attack for the Rebels, it was just it was just unstoppable. The offense looks really good. They've got them dialed in. 
they're putting them in really good positions uh, uh, offensively. The coaches are. I think they're doing a really good job there. So Colby Standard, he had nine completions on 20 attempts, 168 passing yards, and then rushing the ball, 22 attempts and 271 yards and two touchdowns. Is that his second game at 200 yards it, or believe, close to? It's very close. I think in last week he had yeah, 170. Did he? Yeah, he, yeah. Had, he was very close there. 197 so, or something yeah. like that, I think. Very close. So he's he gee, he's running the ball real well. And then Josh Trailer, I mean, he had 15 carries, 135 yards, and three touchdowns. He's over 1,000. He just went over 1,000 yards uh, on the year. Colby went over 1,000 yards passing on the year. <laughs> And then he's also at 599 yards rushing which is for the close year as to well. Where Akbar is probably. Yeah, Akbar is right at 625. Yeah. Which he had 13 carries and he was right at the century mark and a touchdown as well. Um, so these guys are just they're running the ball like crazy. And the thing is, is what I'm seeing when I saw in that last game in the Midland High game is they're putting them in different formations, and you know, it, Colby's doing a good job. Coach uh, Hartman said. You know, he's making his reads, and what based off what he's seeing, he's calling, you know, a few different plays, you know what I mean, and basically calling his numbers, so really good. And then Grant Brown really showed uh, that he could catch the ball and run with it as well. I mean, he had four catches for 88 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, if you take away the run, these guys can throw the ball. If you take away the pass, these guys will definitely run it on you. And uh, very three three uh, strong runners there, and then the defense did really well, really good as well too. So they they made a couple of stops there at the end of the game, even though they've got some veteran guys out with Isaiah Nunez and yeah. Cougar went down as well. Oh so, really? Yeah, he oh. went down. Which when we saw that, we were like, man, what are they gonna do? But the Hinojosa, best name to call Cougar Rodriguez. <laughs> Cougar Rodriguez, right? <laughs> so he went down, and then but they made a stop, you know. And I'm really impressed with these guys talking to Coach Hartman. He's got them dialed in. And uh, it's just good to see the Rebels back. And when you win a game like that, it gives you so much confidence. You yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. just to see them fight. Well, especially now awesome. going to Central. Central comes into that game 1-0. and They they were off, I think, last week. So mm-hmm. another battle of the uh, unbeatens. That's Lee traveling to Central. Permian, they're 1-0. and They come to Midland High. Midland High is 1-1. And, and then... Uh, Odessa High is open, and I think Wolferth Friendship has the task of playing an angry Tascosa team uh, in Amarillo. So we'll keep you sort of a posted on how district plays out, but the next two weeks is really going to sort of lay things out as far as some predictability for the future. And remember, we have uh, seven teams, four get to make the playoffs. So that's going to be really interesting. So also... Uh, Around here, Midland Christian, they had last weekend off. They have their district opener this week. They're going to travel up to Grapevine Faith and uh, and take them on. So we'll keep you posted there. Midland Christian only has four district games. Hmm. And that, in TAPS, they do it a little differently as far as you can have an uneven number of teams from a district make the playoffs because – they actually sort of have it figured out, unlike the NCAAs, to where they rank you and they take the best teams into the playoffs. Uh, mm. UIL, well, that's interesting. What a concept. Yeah. I heard Nick Saban talking about that very thing on the radio today. Also locally, Trinity, uh, they only have three district games. So Trinity <laughs> playing 11-man football for the first time in a long time. Uh, 
They're having a, a little bit of a, a tough time. They're, they haven't won a game yet, but they're going to go to uh, Lubbock and play Trinity Christian, and that's also going to be Friday night. So we'll keep you apprised of what's going on with them. Locally also, Greenwood uh, took another one on the chin. Uh, Seminole beat them 35-32. to 32. Uh, they pulled with, with they they caught up with ten seconds to go and then tried the onside kick and uh, apparently it didn't go ten yards. But from talking to some of the people of the game, uh, a little bit of a questionable call there. Yeah. So uh, they were playing up at Seminole and then Greenwood hosts Monahans, another district vote this Friday night. So we'll keep you up with what's going on with them. What about UTPB? Yeah, so UTPB uh, ended up getting beat by Eastern New Mexico last week, twenty to fifteen, and I'll tell you it was seventeen to zero at halftime. So if you but if you so if you left that game early, you missed out on. They something. made a game of it. They did. So they they fought back. You know it was seventeen zero at halftime, and then uh, they outscored Eastern New Mexico seventeen to three in the second half, and so they just lost a nail-biter there. UTPB came up on their final drive. Uh, they drove 51 yards, and then the drive stalled, and they had a chance to tie it up with a field goal there at the end and uh, unfortunately missed the field goal uh, there at the end to tie it up and possibly go into overtime. But uh, they did all their work through the air, um, you know, there. And, uh, you know, Mathis, he was 12 of 33 for 213 yards one touchdown and one interception. And then Leonard, he had five catches for 94 yards to lead the Falcons. And then Brown also had four catches for 85 yards. They were minus 28 on the ground, which Ooh. can hurt you. Wow. Yeah, but when you're bit. coming from behind, you're throwing the ball anyway. True. You know what I mean? So hmm. um, they're going to be facing Texas A&M Kingsville uh, this Saturday at 6 o'clock. And it's homecoming for the Falcons. So, so. that'll be over at Ratliff. So, uh, yeah, support. Yeah. Our local college team, I think they have a game here in Midland in a few weeks. We'll we'll keep you apprised of what's going on there. And then let's go to the Big 12, speaking of college football. This week's schedule, you know, Kansas at Iowa State. I don't – I think the only thing to comment on in that game is Iowa State beating Oklahoma last Isn't week. Isn't that crazy? So all they did was <laughs> tick them off for this week's for game against else. Mahorns. Baylor goes up to OK State. Uh, they – they're number 14, so they're starting to climb a little bit now. I don't, I don't, After their fall. Baylor may win a game at some point this year, but I don't think it's going to be this week. I don't think it's going to be this week. No, not against Oklahoma State at home. I know we've, we saw TCU go into Oklahoma State and do some damage, but I don't think Baylor's going to be that team. I agree. Number 24 now in the top 25, yeah. the Red Raiders. They're going to go. That's going to be a tough game. That really West be, Virginia. West Virginia is not – <clears throat> does not give up a game very easily. They'll be at home. <clears throat> My fear is that Tech got ranked, and uh, they won't be ranked after this weekend. Uh, you never I'm, know. I'm afraid. Yeah, That's West it. Virginia's offense is really good. Yeah, going to test that defense of the Raiders. Yeah, they and are, their definitely. defense may have one more stop, plus they're at home, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Could, that's going to be an exciting game to watch. It and then be. the uh, talking about a, a ticked-off Oklahoma Sooner team, they fell to number 12. They fell nine spots. And uh, – Red River, I can't even say it. Red River Shootout was so easy to say. Mm-hmm. Now it's the Red River Rivalry. We have to be PC. Say that fast. And so, uh, yeah. So what do you think? You think we have a chance? 
I'm gonna. I, I think Baker Mayfield and those guys have got it, but it's always it's always a toss up because it's a it's the rivalry game. You it, never know. It is. You never know what's gonna happen in this game. You get something in the newspaper and it might push somebody That's over true. the edge. You know what I mean? In these type of games. Yep. So. That's exactly. Right. That's right. So we'll see what happens there. That's a two thirty from the Cotton Bowl, and then the Aggies. We always have to mention the Aggies because we sent lots of money there. They go to Florida. Uh, you know, A&M coming off of, I, I, it was probably the score was closer than the game was against Alabama in mm-hmm. College Station. But I, don't, I think Bama scored less than 30 points. Yeah, which, that's pretty impressive to hold them. Yeah. It's hard to play in Kyle Field, too, so I give them that You're right. Because yeah. anytime you go to Kyle Field, it's, they've always got a little bit of an advantage there. Oh, so I think yeah, going to Florida, turn. it's going to be Yeah, potentially, swamp. I'd say a top five home field advantage is yeah. the, that oh, yeah. atmosphere at Kyle Field. Just crazy how how cool and that they've is. they've got 12 men on the field. So There you go. See? <laughs> they've got it figured out down there. All right, now let's go to our uh, three and out segment. David, I think you're going to give us some Heisman info, aren't you? Because yeah, we're think, getting near that time, and that's probably what we'll be talking about a little more as we get closer. Yeah, as the season's uh, getting in right in the heart of the football season, the Heisman race is heating up as well, and <clears throat> kind of what I thought was the early prince of the Heisman campaign was Baker Mayfield, and he's had a couple of games where he struggled, obviously, with the upset from Iowa State last week. That it's going to knock him down a bit. I'm surprised to see he only dropped one spot. You know, his team dropped nine spots in the polls, but he only dropped one spot. Well, he is a selfish guy, so it's all about him. (laughs) Oh, well. That's how you really feel. Sorry. Yeah, don't don't mask anything over there. (laughs) So Baker Mayfield is down to the third in the Heisman polling at this point behind Saquon Barkley at Penn State, who continues to rack up. He has nine first-place Votes but his total career. yardage, I, I think part of his is dual threat. They're giving him a lot because he's got some passing yards. His rushing yards aren't that phenomenal. 649 yards on the season In so six far. games. That's Okay, it's 108 yards a game. But, but we're talking about Heisman. Yeah. That's true. That's, that usually you see more impressive numbers. I, I think it's less about what he's done and more about what no one else has done. Well, let's let's That's do a, say, let's yeah. do a contrast. Especially the number two, Bryce Love from Stanford, twelve hundred and forty yards rushing. Yeah, he's got twice as many yards. Interesting. Twice as many yards rushing. Wow. And I think stat wise, he might be a little higher, but they probably use Saquon a little bit as a decoy too. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's valuable to his team. Yeah, so. It's interesting to see uh, how that's going to come out. So those are the top two: Saquon Barkley. Bryce Love from Stanford, and then Baker Mayfield. And then really after that, it falls off quickly. There's there's no one else that gets a lot of attention. Um, you got Luke Falk, Falk as a quarterback from Washington State. He may get more attention as Washington t- State. The spotlight's turning on a bit for them. as yeah, they, they're no, uh, I think they're number eight now. They're slowly creeping up. They're creeping up. They're fun to watch. You know, anywhere Mike Leach is, the offense is going to be fun to watch. The, the biggest disappointment. Disadvantage they have though is they play on that left coast out there, mm-hmm. and Everybody's if you have a sleep. night game, yeah. nobody's. Gonna, <laughs> nobody's how many voters it. are on the East Coast that aren't going to step till three in the morning to That's watch right. a ball game? So they're going to have to get some games during the daytime. Yeah, um, they're going to have to have, have some, some crazy numbers, knock off somebody right. to get some attention. You know, Mason Rudolph's at the bottom of this list now, the Oklahoma State quarterback who was wow. closer toward the top of the list earlier in the year, but their their fall to TCU really damaged him. It's why I'm not 
sure I understand Baker Mayfield still being so high in the poll. Maybe that'll change. Lamar Jackson's right in the middle of the field at this point, last year's winner. So um, interesting to see how that continues to develop as these teams make the run toward the end of the season. So that's where we stand today on the Heisman. All right, there's David. Jacoby, what do you have? You know, I'm, I'm sure y'all probably spoken about it. The last, everybody's talking about it. So, But I'm just kind of interested still in the NFL fiasco that's still kind of going on. But I'm more interested to see what the public is going to do with the NFL. Are they going to still have eyeballs on, you know, on games? And are they still going to uh, pay with their wallets on, you know, the memorabilia and all that? Mm-hmm. So um, everybody's kind of changing their stance up. Um, on things, and you know, I just I think it's really interesting on it's what's going to happen. To see Roger Goodell's flip a little bit this oh, week and his new statement that came out this week. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's always this rift between the labor, which is the players, and the owners, which mm-hmm. is the NFL. So I'm interested to see if they're going to come together and actually get something done here, or if they're going to still stay divided because. Once folks stop watching, I mean, the, the dollars start falling. And that's mm-hmm. what this what the whole thing's been about with the TV contracts and all that. So, um, you know, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do. I, I just saw a message just uh, here the other day where some folks are calling for a blackout on Veterans Weekend. Mm-hmm. So it'll be really interesting. Wow. You know, I think their message, people have kind of missed what their message is, and now it's all about some yeah. other issues. So... We'll see what happens. And it's in November, you said? That is in no- November 12th. Okay, yeah, that there you have it. Do we still have, a, is Eric Winston still in the players' He was the, he president is, the president of the. He still is? Yes. Yeah. It'd be but he's not playing. Not playing. Not anymore. He just, yeah. yeah. It'd be and interesting to see if we could get Eric to chime in. That's what we ought to do. I could get him. Yeah, we can get him in. Let's do that. Yeah. And so there you CBA, have it. I mean, the, the CBA is up in 2020, so this is, uh, this is directly going to affect that. You know what I mean? And it's interesting. I heard today um, on some sports talk radio that, that they the all the parties meet next week. That's and right, I'm, they do. I think Mid-season. it's about the collective bargaining, but they've added the flag issue to yeah. the it's big, direct, It directly affects the it. The big fall confab. So it'll be interesting to see. All right, we'll see what happens. We'll We'll probably be discussing that a lot more. I'm going to talk about Cam Newton, and I'm going to come to his defense. So, as you know, last week, everybody starts burning Cam Newton because he was a sexist and he uh, yeah. made the remark. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you this is what happens. Jordan Roderick, she's a female. She covers Carolina for the Charlotte newspaper, says, quote, I know you take a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well, Devin Funches, or however you say that, has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of enjoyment to see him truck-sticking people? So, Newton sort of chuckles and goes, it's funny to hear a female talk about routes like that. It's sort of funny. All of a sudden, she's offended. Dan and Yogurt drops him as a sponsor. It's re- So, here's the deal. If I'm a beat writer for the Midland redneck reporter <laughs> or whatever yeah. paper I'm with and I'm in New York at a fashion show and I ask a question to the model and go, you know, I noticed this week you didn't carry the clutch but you had the over-the-shoulder <laughs> strap on your purse. And she says, well, that sounds funny coming from a redneck from West Texas. It, there's no way that's a sexist <laughs> remark because it's true. <laughs> it sounds right. funny. It's ridiculous that... Something like that creates such a stir. 
That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I think everybody's just looking for a reason to be offended oh, these days. And exactly it just right. does not take much. The uh, world that we have come to live in. It's upside down. Oh, anyway, <laughs> that's our three and out. We hope you enjoyed it. Hey, make sure you listen. Uh, Midland Lee travels to San Angelo. Dustin and Luke are going to bring that broadcast. It's KCRS. Midland High has to fight to stay alive for a playoff spot. They host Permian. David and I will be broadcasting that on KFZX. Big big thank you to Jacoby Kendrick for filling in. Yeah. Great job there. Dustin may or may not be back next week. We may not invite him That's back. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> you heard of Wally Pip? That's right. <laughs> no injury. Blue Gehrig, the iron horse, started the streak after one miss by Wally Pip at first base. All right. For Gary, I'm Gary Gray, not for Gary Gray. Uh, David McReynolds, Jacoby Kendrick, and we are three and out. Hope you enjoyed it.